This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. those of you who don't know me, <laughs> uh, my name is Stephen, and uh, my dad is Pastor Vickers, Dr. Vickers right over there, and uh, who uh, is, uh, he and my mom started the church uh, in their living room, August, what was it, August uh, of 1980, and uh, yeah, God did amazing things all over the years. Um, so Pastor Norris today, he's actually, he and Pastor Cindy, they're actually out of town, uh, at their son's wedding. So, uh, he's getting married. So they're out there celebrating that this weekend. And Pastor Norris asked me to come in and, uh, if I would speak today, continuing his series on, uh, walking with God, uh, faith walking with God, faith walking with God. And, um, so we've been talking about faith walking and talking about how there's different levels that you reach, you know, the Bible talks about from glory to glory, you know, in the first week we talked about why Jesus died, it was on Easter, and we talked about why Jesus had to die, and what that did for us, and the next week we talked about that in Christ we are a new creation, the old things have passed away, all things have become new, and that we don't have to say, you know, oh, but if you only knew my story, if you only know what I'd done, none of that matters, in Christ, all of it's brand new, it's all been washed away, and uh, honestly, if it was based on what you had done, then none of us deserve to be here right now. That's just, that's just the truth. So uh, it is not by uh, earning anything. It is strictly by grace. By definition, it cannot be earned. It is freely given. Uh, today, we're talking about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I wanted to start out by uh, reading. Actually, uh, yeah, I want to start out by reading from Acts 1. If you have your Bibles or your version Bible app, you can turn to Acts 1, verse 4. And uh, with this, this is picking up in the story. Jesus has died, he was crucified, and he was raised from the dead. And the 40 days following the resurrection, Jesus appeared multiple times to the disciples and to other people. And when he appeared to them, he would spend time with them, he'd eat with them, and he would share different things about the kingdom and about what was to come. And we're picking up right here on one of the times when uh, he was with them during that 40-day period before he ascended to heaven. And uh, starting with verse 4, it says, Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gifts he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? You know, at this, up to this point, Israel has been ruled by Rome. The Roman soldiers are there everywhere they look. You know, they see occupation of Rome in their own country. And so they believed that the promise of the Messiah was not just a promise of freedom spiritually, but they were actually believing that it was going to be a promise that 
the Messiah was going to come and basically destroy Rome and that they would get their country back. And that's what they're focusing on. Jesus is saying, God, when I go, God's going to send the promise of the Holy Spirit. And they're completely missing the point. They're thinking so small. They're saying, you know, oh, so you're going to restore, the, restore us back to our freedom. And he's like, no, look, look, look. Jesus says, the Father alone has the authority to set dates and times, and they're not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. This is the point. You will receive power, and you will be my witnesses. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You will receive power. You know, the disciples have been with Jesus for three years up to this point. They'd been with him day and night, traveling all over with him, getting to see exactly how he did everything. They were learning from him. They spent more time with Jesus than anyone. And they, they saw how he preached. They saw how he conducted himself, how he uh, would talk to people one-on-one, how he would talk to people in a crowd, multitude. They saw all these different things, and they learned all these different amazing things from him directly. But instead of Jesus saying, all right, now go out and preach the gospel, he instructed them, he said, you're going to go out and do these things, but do not go anywhere until you've received the Holy Spirit. And there's a reason for that, because what Jesus knew that they did not yet know is that having knowledge alone is just enough to get you in trouble. <laughs> you know, you know, it's like someone who says, you know, you know, I've watched a few YouTube videos and, uh, you know, I think I can fix this uh, electrical outlet myself. You know, I, I, maybe I don't need to call an electrician. We got this. Hillary and I have been... Uh, doing some electrical stuff in our kitchen, and we were installing some under-cabinet lighting, and I told her, I was like, I can do it. I can do it. Like, I've watched, like, several, not just one YouTube video. I watched several different YouTube videos, so I got it covered from every angle. But uh, she was a lot smarter than me and said no. So she, so we brought in an electrician. Luckily, I have a friend that is an electrician, and so, you know, I got to be involved somewhat. So, you know, I didn't have to sit on the sidelines. But, uh, I will say I got bit by the elect by uh, when I grabbed the wires a few times, and uh, it's an amazing thing because uh, you know I, I'm being very careful and everything, and all it takes is just barely touching a live wire, and you realize it very quick. You know, I mean, it's not enough to you know obviously not enough to like to kill you or something, you know, but it's enough to where all of a sudden you just feel something flow through your body, and it just your muscles tense up, and it's. It's a power. It's a sense of power that flows through you. You know, he, uh, the electrician was telling me a story that uh, one time when he was getting, you know, he was first getting started, he said he was working on uh, some electrical stuff for somebody, and, and it was for a friend. And he was, I don't know why he wasn't using a ladder, but he was standing on the sink. And they had like a, a, a ceramic sink, you know, that and he was standing on it or whatever, and and he had his hands up there, and he said he wasn't thinking, and he grabbed the wires, and as soon as he grabbed it, the power went right into his hand. And of course, when that electricity goes through your hands, all your muscles completely 
tense up. And so it forced him to tighten his grip around it. And he had absolutely no control over it. And so here he is, he's holding it, and he can't let go. He can't even control his body to let go of it. And so he's, he's looking around, he's like, what am I going to do? Because <laughs> he tried so hard to let go, and he couldn't. He, I mean, it was amazing, he said. And so he said the only thing he could figure to do is he just was able to kind of swing his legs out from under him to where he wasn't standing on the sink anymore. And it just gra- he allowed gravity to basically pull him down, and it ripped his hand off of it. And he said, but he learned really quick, you know, you can't mess with that because it's extremely powerful. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the Holy Spirit, what is the Holy Spirit? You know, is, 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 it, a, is it this wind, you know? Is it just like a, a wind that moves through where there's, you know, we're in a room with no windows, but we feel a wind? Is that what it is? Is, is it a, just a presence, like a... You know, I feel there's almost like a ghost in the room. I feel a presence around me. Is it, is it, a, is it a, a bird, a dove? Is it fire? Is it a bird on fire? No, that's the Hunger Games. <laughs> it's, fellowship is something that you have with someone else. You know, my wife and I, you know, we have fellowship with one another. It's a relationship. It's something that... I don't have with just everybody. It's something special. You know? We know each other. That's what the Bible says you're to have with the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit isn't something spooky and ominous that you'll never truly really get to know or anything. You know, it just kind of sometimes it appears, sometimes it doesn't. You don't really know when, you know, and you get all of a sudden these feelings or something. No, that's not it. You know, sometimes there might be feelings, but, you know, that's just more about a reaction to that power. The feelings aren't the power. The electricity is flowing through those wires, whether I feel it or not. You know, and that's how the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is a person. You know, the Bible says that there's God the Father, there's Jesus the Son, and then there is the Holy Spirit. God is in heaven. And it's his will. He's the one that wills things. Jesus came to earth as God, lived a perfect life. He paid the price. He paid the sacrifice for us for sin and death so that we wouldn't have to. He died. He went to heaven. So God's in heaven. Jesus is in heaven. The Holy Spirit is here on earth. The Holy Spirit is God's presence on earth. And that's what, when we say, you know, we ask Jesus in our heart, we receive Jesus in our heart, it's Jesus, but really what it is, it's the Holy Spirit coming to live inside of us. Jesus isn't down here on earth. He's in heaven preparing a place for us. He's in heaven being our, uh, being our representation for us. He's the one that's saying, God, look at Stephen, look at, look at, look at uh, Bunny, look at what she's doing. <laughs> that's what Jesus is doing the Holy Spirit is down here on earth sent to be God's representation he's inside of us when we hear the voice of God we're actually hearing the Holy Spirit talking to us the Holy Spirit, the Bible says the Holy Spirit leads us, guides us he comforts us he gives us counsel 
when you're sitting there and you're thinking, I don't know what to do, God, what do I do? And you're praying. The Holy Spirit is the one that's going to speak to you. And the Holy Spirit, Jesus said that the Spirit only speaks what the Father has said. So when the Holy Spirit speaks, it is God speaking through the Holy Spirit to you. But although we have the Holy Spirit in us, doesn't mean that we actually are accessing the power of the Holy Spirit. So how do you access the power of the Holy Spirit? How do you do that? You know, there's a story about this little old lady, and she lived in this town, and, you know, it's time for her to get a new car because her car was just, it was breaking down. She took it to the mechanic, and the mechanic said, you know, ma'am, we've, we've done all that we can do. Really, the best thing that you can do is you need to get a new car. It's just, it's going to be much better for you expense-wise to go ahead and get a new car than to keep trying to fix this one up. So she says, okay. So she goes to the dealership, and, she starts looking at cars, you know, and she looks at a few different ones. And, you know, and the guy, he's telling her, you know, well, here, you know, why don't you look at this? And he's showing her different ones. And she's like, you know, yeah, that's okay. That's, that's good. And uh, She's looking at different ones. And she walks over. She sees a car and she walks over to it. And she said, I like this one. What is that? And he's like, well, ma'am, that's, are you sure you want that? That's a little bit more power than you probably need. And she's like, well, hold on, let me, let me get inside of it. And so they open the doors and. And she sits down in it, and she's like, this feels good. I like this. I like this. This feels good. You know? So then she, uh, she gets up out of it, and she said, yeah. She said, I like this. It's easy to get in, easy to get out. I like it. It fits good. It looks good. And he's like, you sure you want that Ferrari? And she said, yeah, yeah, I'll get it. I'll get it. And he says, okay, ma'am, I'll sell you this Ferrari. You know, and so she gets it, and she loves her Ferrari. You know what she loves about it is... It gets her to for oh, you know, just like any car. But what makes it great is she loves those big doors. It makes it easy to get in and easy to get out. She doesn't have to try to, you know, like squeeze it or do anything. It's just so easy. She can get in, get out those big doors. And so she drives around town, driving around town. Everybody sees her, you know. There goes Miss Jenny driving her Ferrari. <laughs> and she's just driving around day to day, goes to the grocery store, you know, drops off her mail, Visits her friends in her Ferrari. But you know what? Miss, Miss Jenny, she has access to something extremely powerful. But she's never even experiencing that power that she has access to. That car is never being pushed. You know, whoever gets that car, eventually the next person that has it, <laughs> it's gonna, they're going to really get, lucked out, get, uh, get lucky because that car is going to just really just never really been ridden hard ever. She's going to miss out on something that she has the keys to. You know, she's just driving the speed limit. And that's how a lot of Christians live their life, is they're having access to something extremely powerful, but they're never getting to experience what they have access to. Now, what they have, you know, it's working for them. You know, it's not, you know, the car's not having to go to the shop. It's not doing anything wrong, you know. And she's thinking, you know, this is great. I'm not having to... Constantly taking it in to get to re- get repairs, but she's missing out on a great opportunity. And a lot of Christians are living life that way. They're, you know, they're living for God. They're they're doing things right. You know, they're going to get to heaven, but they're missing out on something great. You know, 
the power of the Holy Spirit is something that we all have access to. We, were, we received it freely from God. It was a gift. But we have to access it. How do you access that power? You know, that's the question. What does it do for you? You know, the Holy Spirit, when you look in the Bible, the story, you know, the disciples, they spent all that time with Jesus, and they learned a lot. I mean, I can't imagine spending every day for three years physically with Jesus, watching him perform amazing miracles, you know, changing history, literally splitting time, B.C. and A.D., But they didn't have access to the same power he had until they received that Holy Spirit. There was a difference. And it wasn't because he was Jesus. It was because of the Holy Spirit. You know, you look at the story of Jesus. And, you know, the Bible doesn't say a whole lot about his youth. A little bit it does say. You know, it says he had a lot of knowledge and wisdom. But he wasn't performing miracles. He wasn't, you know... You know, mom, we're out of, you know, egos, and then making egos appear, you know, as a kid, you know? That's what I would have done. But, but all you can eat, endless supply, <laughs> you know? But the moment where things changed for Jesus was when he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's where everything changed. Because the Bible says that Jesus actually, when he came to earth, he emptied himself of everything. He wasn't born a baby as God. He came down to earth. God came down to earth and became man. He emptied himself of all knowledge, of all wisdom, of all power. So he was just a normal person. But God had a plan for his life. And he lived a life for God. He lived what he knew he was supposed to do. He studied the scriptures. He lived a pure life. And he did awesome. But when the presence of God entered his life, when the Spirit came into him, he was baptized, that's when everything changed. That's when miracles started happening. That's when the boldness entered him. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. It gives you a boldness. You know, you look at Peter. The disciple who, a few weeks ago, we were talking about, you know, the crucifixion and the resurrection. When Jesus was taken to be beaten and crucified, Peter, whenever people were around him and they were like, hey, weren't you one of the disciples? He was like, no, 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 I don't know that guy. I don't know him at all. And he denied knowing Jesus. He was a wimp. I mean, like, really? He, 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 he was a wimp. He was wuss. He just, he, he didn't even, like, try to, you know, explain anything. He just completely just straight up lied. Yeah, I don't know. Go ahead, beat him. I don't care. In fact, the third time, he was so sick of them accusing him of knowing Jesus, and he wanted to get his point made, so he real quick just even just started, like, blatantly just, he cussed them out. You know, he cursed them. He's like, I don't know the blank, blank, blank Jesus. You know? So here's this guy who, in Jesus' 
time of when we would look at and think, man, this is when Jesus needed Peter the most. And Peter didn't just let him down, man. He just did him wrong. I mean, it, he's basically what he's doing is almost pretty much right up there with what Judas did, you know? But then a few weeks later, you see Jesus in the Bible, or you see Peter in the Bible, and he's a completely different person. What was different? He had already spent three years with Jesus. He believed it already. The change was when the Holy Spirit came into Peter. The Holy Spirit enters Peter. The Holy Spirit comes down day of Pentecost. And Peter stands up there and he boldly declares, not just in front of Christians, because the Bible says that there were people all over in Jerusalem. That they were there from different parts of the, uh, of the country. They had come there to Jerusalem. And they saw the people, the believers up there, and they were you know, speaking in tongues and speaking in other languages, and they saw these different things going on. And, and so they, were, they basically had an audience of people who were like, what is with this crazy group of people? And Jesus, or Peter stood up, and he spoke to those people boldly, and he started to, to profess the miracles and the, the gospel and the story of Jesus and everything that God had done through Jesus and salvation. And here we see a completely different man. And it was because he was accessing the power of the Holy Spirit that was now in him. With the Holy Spirit in us, we have power to boldly, to boldly witness for Jesus, to boldly witness for God. We don't have to be timid. We don't have to be afraid. Not only do we have power to go before men, we have the power to go before God. No longer do we need a pastor or a priest or somebody to go, be a go-between for us, but we have the power to access God directly. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit gives you a boldness and a power that you can immediately access yourself. When you pray, you don't have to say, God, please, 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 God, help me, help me. No. You know, so many times we, we, we live, we, we live our, our relationship with God at a distance. You know, like we're down here on earth and God's up there and it's just, oh, you know, God, please. You know, but the thing is, God's in us. The Holy Spirit. You don't have to come before him on your knees. He's, you are his home. You are his temple. He's wanting to work with you. The Bible says that he is a helper. He's a comforter. He's there in your times of need. You know, they have those bumper stickers, you know, Jesus is my co-pilot. You know? The Holy Spirit is with you every step of the way. And if you'll listen to him, he'll guide you. He'll direct you. And when you have those moments where you think, I just don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. The Holy Spirit will prompt you. He'll give you things. He'll say, here's what you need to do. You know, my mom and dad, I've grown up hearing amazing stories that my parents personally experienced, you know. They, uh, my sister, I have an older sister named Misty that when she was five years old, one day she 
she woke up and she couldn't walk. Five years old. And so she basically kind of crawls or drags her way over to my parents' bedroom and she's knocking on their door and she's like, I can't walk, I can't walk. And they're thinking, Misty, go back, you know, you're being silly. All right, it's too early for this. You know, they think she's being silly and she's just playing around, you know. But in the process of trying to get her to get up off the floor, they start to realize, wait a minute, she's, she's not playing. Like, she's, she's for real. You know, so they take her to the doctor and take her to the hospital. And, and it turns out she has, was osteomyelitis? Yeah. And which is basically a form of bone cancer. Yeah, bone cancer in her leg at five years old. And the doctors basically say, the only thing that we can do really at this point is amputate her leg to keep it from spreading throughout the rest of her body. Now, at that point, my parents could have just done like what a lot of people would do and just, why God? Why is this happening to us? We live for you. We preach the gospel. We do these things. We're, we're doing everything right. Why is this happening to us? And kind of, you know, have a pity party and be upset with God. Because, you know, don't look at me like you've never done that before. I've done that. I know you have. <laughs> I've done it. We all have. But you know what? My mom and dad, they, whether they had that feeling or whatever, I don't know. But they didn't sit there in that moment. You know what they did was they said, you know what? We know what the promises of God are. We're going to stand on those promises. And that's the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus told the disciples, he said, the Holy Spirit will remind you of the things that I've taught you. You know, we have a part to play in this. Everything that we need to know is in the Bible. The promises we need to stand on. We don't need a new promise from God. Every promise we need to get through this life and to overcome and be a victor in this life, the promises are in the Bible. The Holy Spirit will remind us of those things, and he'll give us the right thing to stand on in those moments. But we got to give them something to work with. So we read our Bible, we study, we go to church, we hear the teachings, we, we learn the different things that the God has to say, the, the, the promises. And in those moments, the Holy Spirit will bring to you the right verse to stand on. So my sister Misty, five years old, she's in the hospital. My mom, you know, of course, stayed at the hospital all night with her, you know. And uh, my dad came in. He said, you know, why don't you go home? I'll stay here. You go home and you, you know, get a bath. You need a break. And so my mom went home, and she's sitting in the bathtub, and she... She starts praying. And she tells God, she's like, God, this can't happen. I know you, this can't happen. And the Holy Spirit reminded my mom of a verse. And it was, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. My mom, she rushed into the hospital room and she looked at my dad and she pointed at him. She said, when the enemy comes in like a flood, 
the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. That's what we're going to stand on. That's what God has given us to stand on for this moment, for this battle. And so that's what they stood on. And they claimed that verse. They repeated it out loud to themselves. And they did not accept the prognosis of the doctor. Yeah, okay, so it's real. You know, she has the bone cancer. But that's not the end of the story. That's not it. The enemies come in like a flood. But God's going to raise up a standard against him. The Holy Spirit reminded her of that verse. The Holy Spirit gave her the boldness, and my mom and dad gave them the boldness and the faith to stand on that verse. Did they ever have any type of doubts? I'm sure in their, in their natural, in their, their flesh, yeah, they might have had thoughts of what if. But you know what? They didn't give any of that any credence. They didn't take any time to focus on that. They just said, it doesn't matter what if. God's going to raise up a standard against him. This is not it. We do not accept that this is the end of the story. So, make a long story short, the doctors, before cutting her leg off, you know, they ran another test, and it came back clean. The cancer was gone. And so, the doctors, you know, they said, I, I, I don't know how to explain it. I, I, it. Really, there's no medical reason why it would be there and then it would be gone. But, you know, just so you know, even though we don't have to amputate her leg, it's m most likely her leg will never grow because it was in the growth plate. And so... For the rest of her life, she's going to have one leg is going to be the size of a five-year-old's leg. And then the other leg will be an adult, a normal adult leg. You know, she won't ever really be able to be involved in sports or anything. And yet, ten years later, Misty's in high school with both legs being the same length, and she's on the cheerleading team. You know? And she graduated, I think her senior year, she was what, homecoming queen. You know, and now Misty is a kickboxing instructor. <laughs> so there's apparently nothing wrong with her leg. <laughs> but you know what? That's the power of God. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, what if my parents had not accessed that power? That story could have ended very, very differently. Not just for them, but for Misty. Not just for her, but for her kids. You know, they would have grown up seeing, you know, a mom with a leg that's the size of a five-year-old on one side. But instead, they get to grow up seeing a mom and knowing that God healed her. God can do miracles today. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's God's will that everybody is healed, that everybody is saved, but it doesn't happen unless we access that power. God's not going to force it on us. When we access the power of God by be believing it and standing firm on it and not accepting what the enemy has spoken, 
then we can live a life that is miraculous, that is filled with miracles, that is filled with boldness. A life that when we're in a moment where we think, I don't know what to say to this person that's coming and telling me, they're opening up to me about all this stuff that's going on in their life, but I, I don't know what to say. That happens to me all the time. I have people, I mean, I have people that I am wind up, maybe people I work with, or just sometimes I have, I work uh, part-time at a Starbucks, you know, and two days a week. And every day, you know, I'm like, hey, how's your day going? And majority of the time, people are like, oh, it's good. But it happens quite often. Every once in a while, someone will go, it's good. And then they pause and they go, actually, it's not. And then they'll say something like, you know, I just found out that, and then they'll give me some type of negative story. Just found out that, you know, I've got cancer. Or I just found out that my, my, I just got a call. My mom just passed away. You know? And in that moment, you know, the people I work with, they're like, they'll be like, so that's why I don't ask how they're doing. <laughs> Cause, you know, because it's like, I just wanted to give you your coffee. I just, you know, like, but, you know, I know that that's not happening by accident. I know that I didn't just happen to get that customer. It was God. God led us to each other. And so in that moment, I just very, I've learned to very quickly, under my breath, to say, all right, Holy Spirit, tell me what to say. Because <laughs> I, I don't have, Stephen doesn't have any words. Stephen doesn't have anything that can make anything better. You know, I can smile, I can say, oh, sorry, you know. But every time, the Holy Spirit gives me something to say. It doesn't necessarily fix the situation, but I tell you what, I believe that it might change their outlook on things. Even if it's just to get them, just to help get them through the day. Sometimes that's all we need, is just to get through the day. The smallest things God cares about. And God will use you to affect people. Just listen. The other day, I got a phone call. Random phone number. Somebody, it was a Georgia phone number. I don't really know anybody in Georgia. I answered the phone, and a lady, she said, hey, is this uh, Pastor Stephen? And I said, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and she starts just talking to me, and I go, uh, who, who is this? And she's like, oh, I'm, we've never met. I'm so-and-so. And I go, well, how, how'd you get my number? And she said she found it on the Internet. <laughs> how'd you find my number on the Internet? And it was from some type of post or something that I did a long time ago with the church. And it was, if you have questions, you know, call here. And she did some deep digging or something and found it. And she said that uh, her son lives in Nashville which is, by the way, I live in Nashville area. And she said, her son lives in Nashville. And she said, uh, you know, he, he grew up in church, but he's walked away from things. And he realizes he needs to come back. And she said, uh, he's got, you know, he came home and visited recently. And we realized, because we hadn't been around him in a while, we realized that he, he has an alcohol problem now. She was like, he's an alcoholic. And he said he's been dealing with it for a while. And so, you know, I wasn't prepared for this phone conversation. I don't even know the people, you know. 
Uh, but she was calling because she was needing help. And God led her to me. Nothing special about me at all. But I just did what I always do. And I just immediately, I just, while she's talking, I just, I said, God, all right, I need you. Holy Spirit, what do I say? Give me the words to speak. And so she started talking to me and she said, you know, he, he, he tells me, you know, Mom, I've prayed and I've asked God to take this from me, to take this addiction from me. But nothing ever changes. And she goes, what do I do? What do I tell him? So then I started to talk to her about God and about how you deal with these type of issues. And I told her, you know, some different things. I won't get into all of it. And we talked for a good 30, 40 minutes on the phone. And, you know, and I prayed with her. And while we were talking, she's like, oh, my goodness, this is such good stuff. And she's like, hold on, hold on, say that again. Let me write this down. And she kept, and she was like, and she, when we got done, she said, okay. She said, I've written down everything you said. She said, I'm going to send it to him, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and then I gave her, uh, yeah, I gave her some, you know, I told her to uh, give my number to him and that he can call me, you know. But, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen with any of that. You know, I haven't heard from him. But. I do believe that, you know, I was used by God. It wasn't me at all. God could have used anybody. It was just, you know, I've shown God that in those moments, you know, I'm not going to try to rely on myself because I know the honest truth is I've got nothing to say. I can't fix this situation. That's between him and God. But if God's going to talk through me to help give some answers, then I'll let him. I'll be a vessel. God will use you, but you have to access it. You ask the Holy Spirit, no matter the situation, if it's you need an answer, if you need power for something, if you need God just to help you get through the day, you access that. Just ask for it, and God will give it to you. It's already in you. You're driving that Ferrari. Just put your foot on the pedal and floor it. Get on the freeway and go. You know what I mean? It's in you. We all have the Holy Spirit. We've got the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and that fire is in us. Don't keep it shut up. You're missing out, and you're denying others that God wants to use you to help. Access that power and watch what God does. I was talking to Chris the other day. And Chris, you told me an amazing story about when you first started to tithe. And Chris said that he was sitting in service and, you know, he, he was newly saved, new Christian, didn't really know a whole lot about the Bible except for what he had just started hearing. And it come time for the offering and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit said, all right, what are you going to give me? And Chris said, God, you know I have nothing to give. I, everything I have, I need it in order to pay my bills. What was it, three, $300? He's like, I have $300. That's it. And God said, well, that's all I need, $300. <laughs> He said, write a check. 
and watch what I will do. Chris easily could have said, get thee behind me, Satan. (laughs) God wouldn't ask me to do something like that. No, he didn't do that. He opened a dialogue with the Holy Spirit, and he listened to the Holy Spirit. And so he wrote a $300 check, everything he had, not knowing what was going to happen, not knowing if he was going to see that, and the only benefit he'd get out of it is knowing that, you know, it's going to do something good for someone else, you know, or something. But I'll tell you what, was it? it was that day, just an hour, two hours later or something, that same day, he gets home and he gets a phone call from a man in the church who had no idea, because Chris didn't tell anybody except for his wife. He didn't tell anybody what happened. He gets a phone call from somebody in the church that says, Hi, uh, I heard that you do landscaping. And Chris goes, Yeah, I do. And he said, uh, I've got a landscaping job. Would you mind coming and taking a look, you know, and just, you know, see about what it is I'd like to do? And Chris said, Yeah. And he said, Well, can you come over today? And Chris said, Yeah, I can do that. So Chris goes over there and and the guy, he says, well, you know, I want this done. And, you know, I was thinking we'd have some sprinklers put in over here. And I'd like to get this and this and this. And Chris is sitting there with a notepad, and he's writing everything up. And when it was all said and done, it was, what, going to cost like $3,500? No, six, it was going to cost $6,000, $6,000 worth of work. And he said, you know, Chris said, well, this is going to be about 6000 And the guy said, all right, cool. Can I write you a check right now? And Chris goes, yeah, you can. (laughs) You know what? He just said, Chris just goes, that happens all the time. It's not because of Chris. Chris is talented. He is. But there's a lot of talented people around here that do the same thing. What's the difference? It's the Holy Spirit. It's that the Holy Spirit, that he's listening to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit says, do this. Chris does it. He's learned. He's like, man, I'm, I'm going to listen. He does it. He obeys. Chris didn't happen to try to figure it out. The Holy Spirit's given him what to do. The Holy Spirit will do the same thing for you. Obey. And watch what God does. God will use you. And you will be empowered with the Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.